hour number two of the Pete Callender Show. Welcome, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Pete Callender. And uh, sorry, I was just checking to see if there's any tweets at Pete Callender. Okay. Um, so I mentioned this the other day, and I'm still not exactly clear what prompted the increased bond for the lunatic that jeopardized hundreds, if not thousands, of charlatans' lives uh, and, uh, and visitors' lives on the roads last week when he led police but didn't really lead like all police, just like the chopper, but no vehicles at first, but then they kind of jumped on. And Okay, during that, the, the pursuit, not a pursuit. And I have a, I have some other questions about that one, too. Um, and I went over the pursuit policy. We spent a good deal of time on this for uh, three hours uh, one day last week. But I am curious. The decision was made by Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, as per policy, to not pursue with vehicles because that would antagonize him. Uh, it would make the, the driver more reckless, that sort of thing. And, the, and they say that the reason why they uh, – why they finally did engage in the vehicular pursuit when he stole the fourth car after he smashed up the third car and then jumped into another vehicle at that point uh, that a woman had gotten out of her car to go check on the status of one of the people that he hit. And so he saw that and he jumped into her car and took off. Um, Guy's name is Tyler Harding. And he had his first appearance the other day. I'll get into that. Um, the police say that they, if I if I remember this correctly, and I heard this correctly, that the cops say that they they began the pursuit on the fourth vehicle because they didn't know if somebody was in the car when he jumped in and took it. In other words, there might have been a victim of a carjacking inside that vehicle, okay? And that's what prompted them to get more aggressive with him. However, um, how do you know that there weren't people in some of the other vehicles that he that he stole. Especially the one that he smashed the third car. I mean, he stole somebody's little Grubhub car. There's no telling who was in that car. There could have been somebody in the backseat, a baby in the backseat or something. I don't know. I just, I, I, I have questions on the call. And I understand on Monday morning quarterbacking and all that. I get, I understand that people are going to object to that. I understand that. Um, but these are questions that I would expect to see some people asking in leadership positions, right? I mean, who, cause like, who am I? I'm just some jerk on the radio, right? So I'd like to see maybe some elected officials ask some of these questions. And maybe the policy has to be retweaked, if you will. Somebody sent me an article, a big study that was done out of uh, Washington State, where they quit pursuing people for, you know, non-serious infractions and lo and behold, what has occurred? Way more people running from the cops. Whoever could have suspected such a thing. So this, uh, this lunatic, Tyler Christopher Harding, 26 years old, made his first appearance. So remember, he originally got the bond of $115,000. And I still don't know if, if he was eligible to pay a bondsman to get out on that. I, I, I'm not sure. Um. It, every reference to it just says the bond originally had been set at 115k. 
So that is only to ensure that the guy shows up for court. That's the purpose of it. And so those are set by magistrates. And um, and he did show up in court, mainly because he did not have the $11,500. If he had gotten 10% of it, he could have paid a bondsman uh, to, to do that. But he didn't even have that, so he stayed in jail until his first appearance, which was on Friday. And kind of a bizarre interaction with the judge, who, by the way, was not wearing a tie. Is that now a thing? Judges don't wear ties anymore in court if they're on the Zoom calls and stuff? Because that's how this was done. So the judge is sitting in the courtroom and the, I assume in the courtroom or maybe his chambers, I think he's in the courtroom though. And then uh, the uh, the defendants, those charged, uh, they're all in like a holding cell. You can see on the video that this guy is sitting in a room and there are a bunch of other guys in the county oranges and they're uh, they're all kind of waiting their turn. And that's normally in the cases or, you know, when I would go for first appearance coverage, if you were on the the, the cops and courts beat uh, and which I you know used to do, and I would go over and hang out and watch some of the uh, first appearances, and that was kind of how they did. They bring everybody over from across the street. Everybody would sit uh, and, and wait their turn, and then they would kind of run through all of them at once. And I think that matters to this story for for this reason. This guy, this maniac, Tyler Harding, uh, he is not exactly a very large dude. Kind of scrawny, kind of thin. And um, one thing that, you know, if you're going to go into the if you're going to go into the penal system, you might want to act a little crazy. You might want to be a little crazy. I saw him behaving if he's not like if he's not actually like disturbed mentally in some, in some fashion, um, then uh, and I, I would suspect there might be a lot of that. He's got some, you know, disorder going on, and that would prompt him to behave the way he did, driving through the streets as he did. That's part of it. But the other part is a flex, right? You you got to seem crazy if you're going to be in lockup with a lot of these much larger people, <laughs> right? So he asks at one point, is it a crime to lie during the process? Is it a crime to lie during the first appearance? So now he's in front of the judge because he didn't bail out. The magistrate set the the bond at one hundred fifteen thousand. He goes before the judge. He asks at one point whether it's a crime to lie. Nobody answers him on that. Then you see him. He's standing there. They got him. You know, he's in front of the camera. And as the judge is going through, he starts tacking on bigger bonds onto the various charges. Each one, you know, two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred fifty. He keeps adding more and more. And the guy says, uh, the, the Harding says, F this. And then he says, and he tries to, and he like walks off camera, but then he turns around and walks back. Oh, I'll let him finish. And the judge says, one thing you're not going to do is give me permission to do anything. I already have that. And he's exactly right. So this guy is either acting kind of crazy as a flex or he is kind of crazy. And maybe it's a little from column A and a little from column B. But by the end of the proceeding, Harding was now on a secure bond, which means I believe he has to come up with all of it, $800,000. And the judge, uh, Donald Curitan, rightfully pointed out that this maniac is a danger to the community and he's got a criminal history. Oh, and he's a flight risk. And in case you didn't know that, uh, there's like a two-hour video of it from 
WSOC's Chopper that you could watch. Definitely a flight risk. All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Judge Donald Curitan raising the bond for the presidential carjacker. Well, because his name is Tyler Harding. Is that, is that too soon? Okay. Um, Tyler Harding cussed out the judge. And I'm not sure whether the bond got increased because of the cussing or if the increases were already coming and uh, and that's what prompted him to cuss and it didn't have any effect on the bond amounts. I don't know. Uh, because the judge, according to the reports, was reading through the increased bonds amount, uh, bond amounts and that's what prompted, it seems like that's what prompted the, the cussing. Uh, the judge said that Harding is a flight risk he had previously lived in Texas. He is new to the Charlotte area. So, awesome. How fantastic that you got to, that, that you came here and now we get to pay for your incarceration. Which is why we're looking around for, hey, anybody want to take this guy as an extradition case? You want him? Oh, yeah, he's South Carolina. He drove through you. You, you want him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was driving recklessly. You could totally have him. Texas. Texas? How about you guys? You want him back? No? He's got a history of crime in Texas, actually, including giving police officers false information, substance possession, a DUI, and burglary. Um, now, one of the story, one of the side stories here, this is in the Charlotte Observer by Charlotte Cramon. Cramon? Cramon? Anyway. Uh, who says the police did not report any injuries, but a Charlotte woman who is seven months pregnant told WSOC-TV that she injured her nose after her car's airbags deployed when one of the stolen vehicles crashed into hers in Ballantyne. The judge said that the carjacker just demonstrated that he does not care for anybody's safety in this community. His 28-year-old sister... Called it. I, I, I thought that would have been his sister. I assumed it would. Anyway, Krista Harding, she's charged with possession of a stolen vehicle. She was jailed on a $25,000 bond Thursday. Um, and I think he had another appearance this morning or something. I think Joe Gillespie was just reporting it during the news. So, yeah, he's got a whole slew of charges. He ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Um I thought this was important to bring you this information because I know a lot of people ask about this over the last few years. Oh, hang on. Before I do that, uh, before I get to this story, um, I got a message here from Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus. He says, Pete, it used to be that magistrates used to have wider discretion in setting bonds and could increase the amounts depending on the specifics of the person and the court. But the trend in places where bail reform or pretrial release reform where these things are being implemented by leftist judges, the trend is now to remove that discretion and replace it with flow charts that tell them what to set for various charges, which greatly limits their discretion. Those charts will be issued by the senior superior court judge for a district. We are dealing with that out here in, uh, in the West in the 30th Judicial District and a disaster of a pretrial release system. I wouldn't doubt you have something similar going on in Mecklenburg. 
But once they make the first court appearance, the judge gets to use their discretion on bond amounts. And that is, uh, by the way, can confirm uh, that's my understanding of how this works as well. The magistrates have been given directions, either uh, very explicitly or they get a sense for what the judge that makes all of these appointments and stuff that for what they expect. And, you know, a lot of times, I think I mentioned this last week, a lot of times it puts the magistrates in the position of essentially being the heat shield, right? Where they, they're the ones that are making these decisions, but they're not really empowered to use their full discretion. And what's their objective? It's to make sure the person shows up in court. And if the person shows up in court, they'll say, well, then it must have been the right decision. He showed up in court. Right, but there's no way to know that until the person does or does not show up in court. Because if they don't, then it's, oh, well, I guess I said it too low, you know. <laughs> so, uh, granted, yes, there's a lot more of an art than a science, right? All right, so here's the story that uh, said people usually ask me something about this, so I thought this was important. Last month, a San Diego grand jury indicted 11 alleged members of an anti-fascist group in connection with several assaults that occurred back in January of 2021 during a Pacific Beach Patriot March that was organized by supporters of then-President Donald Trump. The indictment does not appear to add any charges beyond what the defendants faced when they were initially charged in December in San Diego's Superior Court, but those initial charges were dropped in favor of the indictment, which the county DA's office said was handed down after the grand jury heard 13 days of testimony The defendants were indicted on 29 felony counts, including conspiracy to commit the crime of riot. Experts who study domestic extremism believe the case to be the first time nationwide that prosecutors have used a conspiracy charge specifically to prosecute alleged anti-fascists or Antifa, as prosecutors describe them. Ten of the defendants pleaded not guilty during the arraignment. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A liberal group is offering payments to anybody who can offer live, real-time locations of conservative Supreme Court justices. Now, I don't know about you, but I see no downside to this, uh, this idea at all. What, offering bounties for the exact location of your political opponents? What could go wrong with that? Oh, no, no. That one guy that showed up at the House of the Supreme Court Justice, Brett Kavanaugh, looking to assassinate him and maybe his whole family. No, that's a one-off, people. That's just a one-off. That would never happen. Oh, wait, it happened. Oh, yeah. Actually, they showed up at the Morton's Steakhouse and they uh, chased Kavanaugh from the building. He had to go out the back door. And uh, this has gotten quite the reaction uh, from the progressives. It's always funny. You know, like this is if they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. Right. This is the is why that line exists. So here is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Here she is. Saying I have one point five two. Oh, wait, hang on a second. That's the second tweet. Hang on. Here's the first one. She says about Kavanaugh being chased from the restaurant. He was out to eat, 
at this restaurant, and protesters showed up, and uh, they did not gain access into the restaurant for some reason, but they were outside chanting and screaming and, you know, making fools of themselves. And so he left out the back door, because could you imagine if he had walked out the front door? Right? If he had walked out the front door, oh, no, no, everybody was here, they were peaceful. They were all peacefully protesting. Peaceful, peaceful. Yeah, until somebody isn't. Until somebody in the mob uses the cover of the mob in order to do something to their political opponent. Much like happened to Rand Paul after, uh, what was it, the uh, it the inauguration ceremony or something? What, what was that? When he, yeah, him and his wife were walking down the streets of D.C. and they get surrounded by the mob. Remember that? Um, or like Ted Cruz at the restaurant. Or all of the people who went to the various Trump rallies and were assaulted by these moonbat leftists, right? So here's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She says, oh, poor guy. He left before his souffle because he decided half the country should risk death if they have an ectopic pregnancy within the wrong state lines. It's all very unfair to him. All right, it is my understanding, you see, that what ectopic pregnancy, that's in the, if I I understand correctly, it's in the fallopian tubes or something. So the difference there is that you're you're working to save a life. Do you see the difference? Terminating an ectopic pregnancy would not be illegal, is not illegal, because it's saving a life. That's the difference. Um, she then says, I will never understand the pearl clutching over these protests. Republicans send people to protest me all the time, sometimes drunk and belligerent. Nobody cares about it unless it's a Republican in a restaurant. Can someone please explain the obsession? Because I don't get it. This woman's insane. This is the woman who thinks that if you criticize her, it's because you want to sleep with her. That's what she said. That's what she said. I'm not making that up. That's what she said. So she did, she she will never understand the pearl clutching over these protests. Quite a bit, quite a different take when she says people are free to speak whatever classist, racist, false, misogynistic, bigoted comments they would like. They do not have the right to force others to endure their harassment and abuse. See, that's what she said when it was about her, when she was being targeted, right? When when the Knights of Columbus sent a letter to AOC urging her not to, or Knights, sorry, not, not Knights of Columbus, Knight Columbia. I guess that's the, is that Knight Ritter? Knight Columbia? That came from the university, saying, you shouldn't block users on the basis of their viewpoint. You should not do that. This is a big debate where people like go and troll politicians and then the politicians block them. And then they're like, I can't believe you blocked me. I'm the constituent. You should listen to my rantings. And uh, yeah, this happened with Trump, too, where he would block people and then they sued. And look at me. I beat Trump. And now he has to mute me or something. I don't know what the victory there was, but whatever. Um, this was her point that they do not have the right to force others to endure their harassment and abuse. So you can block somebody so as to not listen to what they have to say. But if you're out in public, if you are 
not on Twitter, which is totally not public, right? Totally not. You writing stuff and posting video, that, like that's not at all public. Um, but if you go out to eat, then they should totally be allowed to harass you and stalk you and, and pay people for your exact location. That's what the leftists are doing now. They've put out bounties on not just Kavanaugh, but Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, Barrett, and Roberts. Yeah, this is um, to, to, in a Friday tweet to D.C. service industry workers. Shut down D.C. offered $50 for a confirmed sighting of a conservative justice. $200 if the justice is still at the location 30 minutes later. That tweet is still up. I reported it. Many others have reported it. Twitter is allowing it to, to stay up. So I, for one, welcome the new standard now. The new standard is we get to organize platoons of protesters, stalking parties, if you will, right? Isn't that the standard? Right. I hand out a couple of uh, bullhorns and such, and we're going to start identifying some local elected officials that we don't like, and we're just going to start stalking you guys, you know, hanging out at your house, hanging out at your car. In the parking decks, in the parking lots, when you're going out shopping, we're going to tail you through the malls and stuff and screaming and yelling at you to make you not want to ever leave your house, which I'm sure will have a totally positive effect on the society and the policy that you are able to craft. I'm sure the bunker mentality stuff will not take hold. I am sure you will just continue to leave your, uh, lead your life as you have up until now. What could go wrong, Right. You folks better get a handle on this pretty quick. And I'm saying you folks, I'm talking about progressives, Democrats, liberals, if there are any liberals actually left inside the Democratic Party. I mean, actual liberals. Right? It, if you guys are all gone full woke leftist or you're too scared of this uh, element of the base, this is not going to end well. Because when the right plays by these rules, and believe you me, they will. If you, don't, if you doubt me on that, hello, Proud Boys. They will respond. They will respond. They will engage in the exact same kinds of tactics that you guys are engaged in, and it's going to make everything worse. Everybody, everything is going to be miserable. You need to get a handle on your base. You need to get a handle on your foot soldiers, your shock troops. I understand they served you a valuable purpose during the summer of love. But things are going to get very bad if this is allowed to uh, fester, if this is the new norm. Because honestly, like I, like you expect the other side. This is what I never understand. The other team gets an at-bat, people. You don't just get to threaten and stalk and harass you, without anybody else engaging in that kind of behavior against you. They get a turn, too. They get to go on offense, too. And all your your strategy relies on is this misguided notion that they won't behave just like you or worse than you. That's all you're hanging your hat on right now. And I don't know if I'd make that bet. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Also want to give a bit of credit to Morton Steakhouse because they were the ones uh, who uh, not only helped 
Justice Brett Kavanaugh uh, avoid the mob by going out the front door. But they also put out a statement saying, quote, Honorable Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh and all other patrons at the restaurant were unduly harassed by unruly protesters while eating dinner at our Morton's restaurant. Politics, regardless of your side or views, should not trample the freedom at play of the right to congregate and eat dinner. There's a time and place for everything. Disturbing the dinner of all of our customers was an act of selfishness and void of decency. Therein lies the problem, though. They are demanding decency from people who obviously have none. Let me go over here to Steve. Welcome to the program, Steve. How are you? I'm well. How are you, sir? I'm all right. What's going on? Well, my comment is uh, brief. There's a lot that could go behind it, but uh, here it is. I'm, I, I listen a lot to, uh, to WBT, great, great stuff. But it's, in my opinion, it's all at the transaction level. Mm-hmm. This person did that. That person did this thing. And uh, we on the conservative side say, like to say, boy, these people are dumb. Gov- government can't get much dumber. Well, my comment is there's nothing dumb about those people. And if, uh, if, if someone, maybe you, would uh, make an attempt to put the overall strategic umbrella over the, all these comments, people could start to see what's really happening to them and to this country. You mean like uh, talking about Hegelian postmodernism and neo-Marxism from Antonio Gramsci line of thinking, that kind of stuff? I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've done a Maybe lot I could look into that. Mark- Pardon? Uh, maybe I'll look into that. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great, because there's a real strategy here, and most of us, most of the people who work every day, have kids to raise and mm-hmm. so forth, don't have time to get into it. All they see is this, what is going on here in this country? It's been planned for a long time. Yeah, it's uh, sort of like the uh, long march through the institutions. That's it. That is what I'm talking about, the long march. You mm-hmm. are correct. Yes. Uh, I also, okay. just as a complete aside, Steve, heads up, you should uh, uh, get the podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Go to WBT.com or the PeteCallenderShow.com. And uh, when you go there and you get it, they're free. They'll come right to your smartphone or tablet, and then you could search in the podcast and uh, uh, take a look for neo-Marxism or Gramsci or CRT or queer theory. Uh, you can do any of those searches under my show, and, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, I, I, I love to hear this. And yeah. I appreciate you telling me. I guess my, my last comment then would be get the word out more broadly. Oh, okay, just keep just doing it. <laughs> More of the same. Yeah, look, all I can do is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And so I I talk about, yes, the transactional level, as you called it. We talk about the incidents, but we also talk about the larger, which is, you know, why I, I mean, I try to do it in an entertaining fashion, but I also try to inform as I do it, which is, this is the, when I, when I talk about the application of their standard, that's what I'm talking about. When I, when I say things to the effect of this, if this is the new standard and everybody starts adopting it, it leads to civilizational collapse, right? That's. I think I'm being pretty clear on that, um, and, well, and because you can't have a civil society where nobody can leave their home because they're afraid that their political view is going to prompt stalking and harassment, right? Or just their uh, just the left's uh, destru- destruction of law and order will get people who 
aren't even talking about politics, mugged on the subway. Or mm-hmm. I just talked to a woman who was afraid to go to her job in New York because people are getting knifed on the subway and nobody's doing anything to help the average person. Right. The, so here's the so, loyal American. Right. So, so Steve, from a, uh, from a pragmatic standpoint, does that person need to know about postmodernism? You know, I wouldn't phrase it in terms of postmodernism. Right. I would phrase it in terms of you know, there is a strategy, folks, and that strategy is the following. Do you really believe this food econ- uh, food no, crisis see, Steve, is going here, on here globally? Steve, here, is, see, is Steve, Steve, but here's the thing. You just highlighted an example of an individual who's just going to work and they get mugged, right? They're not into yeah. the philosophy they're not into the strategy. They're not into this overarching grand conspiracy theories and all. They're not into any of that, okay? All they know is they got mugged, and all they know is that their gas prices are high. All they know is what they know in their direct life, and when someone comes along and starts trying to connect all of these dots, it turns off a lot of people, and I appreciate the call, Steve. It turns off a lot of people because what you call the transactional level, that's what they've experienced, so, yes, I will go into the philosophy, and I have. I've done it repeatedly over the years. That's why I say get the podcast. You'll be pleasantly surprised. But for a lot of people, they don't go that deep into this stuff. And if you do start going that deep, it turns a lot of them off. So there is a rhyme for the reason here. 